Hello, Janet. Happy New Year to you on this first Church Matters episode of 2011. Hello, Dan. How has Epiphany been treating you? Pretty well, though as the word implies, I've had my own little epiphany this season. Well, you better tell me more about that. Sure. I've been thinking about how Christmas is marketed religiously and in the secular world as the season of peace. You know, greeting cards and Christmas cards, carols, they all shout out goodwill and declare Jesus as the Prince of Peace. But all these Christmas peace themes lead me to wonder why there isn't the same emphasis on peace throughout the rest of the year. So should we be talking about peace today? Well, we're not, but we're going to play some tape on the theme by Dr. Jack Suderman, who led about 250 people in a Bible study on Colossians 3, verses 12 to 17. And we're going to play some of that tape. Jack is the recently retired General Secretary of Mennonite Church Canada and is a well-known and respected Bible teacher who has devoted his life to teaching about the vocation of the church as based on Scripture. Today, though, we're going to narrow down his Bible study to Colossians 3, verses 15 to 17. Would you read that text for our listeners, Janet? Sure. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Thanks, Janet. Now, this Bible study was done in parts over three days, but we're just going to pick up on some excerpted portions of the Day 3 presentation to bring our program into focus, and we'll do that in a moment. After the Bible study presentation, participants had a chance to engage in a question and answer time with Jack to further focus the application of this text in a modern world context. And so we're going to pause and set up that piece of tape a little later. So now let's listen to Jack as he demonstrates how we can use the Colossians verses to inform other biblical texts. This is about a six-minute excerpt, and it was recorded at the Mennonite Church Canada Assembly in Calgary, Alberta in July 2010. There is another uh, component which is very rich and which we've done very little of in these uh, three days, and that is to use one portion of canon, one portion of the Bible, such as this, to help us understand other parts of the Bible. I did mention some of the other things in Colossians. I did mention that Jesus in his first words, comes and says, I've got good news for you. And the good news is that the time has been fulfilled and that the kingdom of God is among you. It's here. It's in Calgary. So you begin to form communities that begin to live according to the presence of the kingdom of God that has already come. But I haven't mentioned many other biblical, canonical passages, but it's, it's very, very rich to take this tiny passage and use it also as an instruction or a lens, if you wish, to look at other passages. For example, this whole business of, of uh, using images of the body, like the heart, what, is, what does the heart mean here? I love the passage from Deuteronomy, for example, Deuteronomy 10, 16. 
and this gets to other body parts that may be less comfortable for us. For example, it says, therefore circumcise the foreskin of your heart. Uh, I won't go into the details. <laughs> circumcise the foreskin of your heart. Notice how the same word heart is being used, but it's used in a different way and a different instruction. But again, the heart as the seat of will and disposition and intent and emotion, circumcise it. And then this verse goes on to say, circumcise the foreskin of your heart and be stiff-necked no longer. Here's another body part. Be stiff-necked no longer. You know, what a, what a tremendous wealth of bodily images. Heart, foreskin, neck. You know, this stuff has to do with kind of all of us, right? And, and read Deuteronomy in light of this verse, or read this verse, these verses, in light of Deuteronomy. Or in Deuteronomy 30, verse 6, it says, And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants. And this means that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, so that you may live. This whole thing is for the purpose of life. Or as Jesus put it, for abundant life. Life in all its fullness. Or as Hebrews puts it, harden not your hearts as in the temptation in the wilderness when your ancestors were tempted. Harden not your hearts. Let peace rule in your heart. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. That's part of the circumcision. It's part of the stiff-neckedness of who we are. I'd like to share with you the Suderman Amplified Version. Uh, given everything that we've said so far. And this is so new that I haven't even got it on my page, so this is very recent here. Your will and your decision-making, your politics, your emotions, your purpose, your deepest identity, your life paradigms, your intellect, your rationale, your rational thought, your planning, your determination, your courage, your desires, your identity-shaping memory. So far, that's an attempt to describe the word heart. That's what heart means when it says, let the peace of Christ rule your heart. That's the amplified peace for heart. So, all of this must reflect shalom. And I resisted the temptation of writing another 20 uh, words there, but it would be easily done in order to fully grasp what is the sense of shalom. Emotional, physical, spiritual well-being, not only for you and your family and your community, 
but for everybody, your enemies, everybody. So all this stuff must reflect shalom as lived and taught and demonstrated by Christ. Because this, after all, is the non-negotiable vocation to which you were formed into one people. And it is why you were mandated to function as the body of Christ in the world. This is why we exist as a church. This is our vocation. And this is possible only because of the free grace and the multitude of gifts that have been given to you by God. And this converts you into a Eucharistic community of wisdom and celebration and discernment and gratitude. Thanks, Dan. Wow, what a great summary of the vocation of the church lifted straight from Scripture. Now, you said there was also a question and answer time? That's right. Jim Leptison is the pastor of The Gathering in Kitchener, Ontario, and Jim asked Jack to apply this interpretation to a modern-day context using the example of Rwanda. Let's hear that now. Jack, I was thinking about my context, and the people in my church are, um, are uh, all over the map around the peace thing. I mean, there'd be new believers, people who are exploring faith, and all over the theological grid, as, there are, as is the case in many churches. But I was thinking about your ruminations around Ro- uh, Rwanda with the larger uh, ecumenical body you were part of. And the, on behalf of the people in my church, I'd love you to hear, give us a response to what is a practical Christian pacifist response to the situation in Rwanda that responds to the situation in Rwanda and deals with it? That's a, uh, that's a tough question. Um, close the door before the horses get out of the barn. Which means what? <laughs> Most of the world's responses is trying to catch the horses once they're out. Your job, our job, is to close the door before they get out. Let me just tell you one very brief response to this. We, a number of us, had an extended interview with Fidel Castro one time. And he said, I want you to know that if the church would have been the church in 1959 in Cuba, the way the church was the church in 1980 in Nicaragua, there never would have been a Cuban revolution. The answer, I think, to you and your people is to develop Christian communities in Rwanda that will not function that way. And when they're asked to function that way, they will resist it. And they will say, no, this is not who we are. So the only response for us as a Christian community is to be proactive. Once it's started, and we haven't done that, then all we do is stand by and confess that we haven't been that? Or is there something we can do once Rwanda has started recognizing that we haven't been proactive with what you've just suggested? I think there's, a, there's many, many things that can be done proactively even after it has started. If you Recently we signed, a, I think it was about an eight or nine page document that we sent to the Canadian government uh, about the Canadian role in Afghanistan. And This was prepared by Project Plowshares, but it was a complete plan of Canadian participation in Afghanistan 
that did not depend on the military. Yeah, the budget was the same. It's still billions and billions of dollars. It's still lots and lots of help. The budget didn't change. But it was an, a complete plan of action in Afghanistan with Afghanis, with the Taliban, that did not include the Canadian military. So there's lots of things that are possible. And so I would point you, for example, to that, uh, to that document, which we signed just about two months ago. Uh, Ernie Regeer uh, at Project Plowshares and others there in Waterloo will point you to that. It's worth, it's worth it. But I think that document uh, really sheds light on your question. Is it possible to do something proactively after the horses are out of the barn? Right. And I think uh, that document shows very clearly what is possible. Wow. The church has a really big job to do. But it's also good to know that Christians are acting. I only wish that a bigger portion of the church were doing so as well. How can listeners access the rest of these Bible studies and the Project Plowshares document that Jack mentioned? Right. Listeners can go to MennoniteChurch.ca, and we've put up a link from the homepage there, as well as a link to the Project Plowshares document that Jack referenced. On that note, Janet, I think it's time to wrap up. I want to send out a great big thank you to listeners wherever you are. If you'd like to hear more of our Church Matters programs, consider sending a gift in support of this ministry. You can do that over the phone, through mail, in person, or online at MennoniteChurch.ca. We also welcome you to call us toll-free at 1-866-888-6785 or email churchmatters at MennoniteChurch.ca. My name is Janet Plennert. And I'm Dan Dick, and we'd love to hear from our listeners. You've been listening to Church Matters, where our prayer is that you will be called, equipped, and sent to be the church in the world today. Tune in wherever you are, and thanks for listening. See you next time. As you go out from here, may the Lord go with you. The face of God shine on you every day. We are sent by God wherever we are living, salt and light as people of the way.